Previously on Anything Goes. And, and we also, while you were in Toronto, we took out to uh, the Underground Comedy Club last night. Yeah. Which was such a different awesome. vibe uh, from... Because I always, like, that show is very, you know, we lock, people lock the doors, people were smoking joints yeah. and, and enjoying a comedy show. How do you find uh, pot crowds compared to other crowds? Uh, I find sometimes the, the comedians stick too much to pot material. Yeah. yeah. But it just seems like... Hey, these guys are just high and want to laugh at stuff. Right, Like, I right. watch Family Guy when I'm high, yep. but it's not all about being high. Yeah. So, but then everybody's like, well, it's a pot crowd. I want to do these pot jokes. Everyone, I don't know. So, watching it for a comic, I'm like, ah, come on, do some regular shit. Yeah. It's true. Like, you do, like, when I first did that room, I was like, I don't know. I don't have any pot material. I don't think I can do this. They're like, no, you don't have to have pot material. You yeah. You just said it'd be funny. Yeah. And then I was, like, new to Toronto, and I hadn't been exposed to hanging out with Dave Martin, so I didn't smoke a lot of weed yet. Hey, hey, come oh, on, yeah, come on, come on. Last <laughs> night, it turned into sort of a roast for the Yeah, for the yeah. It was the, it was the owner's uh, But that birthday. stuff is, that, those rooms are crazy, because I had a three-minute laughing fit on stage. I couldn't stop laughing. That's so great. And then everybody else was laughing, and I'm like, this is unprofessional. Well, well it's like, they all know that you're high. Yeah, it's so yeah. Clear. and they think it's hilarious. Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> it's like, go there, baby. Yeah, Just yeah. enjoy it. <laughs> it was, uh, those, up. those are some of my favorite rooms in Toronto. And now, let's get to a new exciting show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? Darren is angry, Dave is incorrect, and Kathleen can barely contain her disapproval. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. And Kathleen McGee. And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. Can you dig it? It's just not my thing. That, and that's the way the Rivoli was for me. Yeah, but I think if you were, I think if you had, I think the, I mean, the Rivoli already sort of set sail around like the early 2000s anyways. I mean, like I said, once he started putting on like yuck yuck sort of headliners that would just come and do their A shit. And yes. be like, hey, look at me, I'm a club comic and I'm killing in this room of, you know, so it wasn't, it, it, it became a, an alternative room very, very, I think once the early 2000s hit. And nobody did it. And, and also, then it became just a room to showcase for Lauren as well. So, I mean, yeah. I think, I think the, 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 I think most of the sets that you're referring to, the Ridley had already died at that point. So. Yes, no, and that's that, but that's my point. Like, when I moved to Toronto in 96, it was already moving away from that, oh, this is where the kids in the hall performed every week, kind of Ridley days. And um, I mean, even near the end, and obviously we have comedy Monday nights in in um, Calgary, but spirits. Even the last five years of spirits, I didn't like in Toronto because the audiences really laughed at who you were, not what you said. And I've never liked those kind of venues. You know, it's like okay, fine. I, everyone knows who I am. They're laughing at me because it's Darren being crazy. That doesn't help my career because when you play Mississauga the next week and they stare at you, they don't care if it's Darren or if it's Dave Martin. They just want to hear funny jokes. Oh, well, I think they would care if it was those. If those were your two choices, I think they no. would care. But I mean, I'm just saying, well, I mean, so Spirits was never supposed to do anything for your career. It was just a, an excuse to hang out and uh, a place to maybe showcase your, just to have fun, really. I mean, that's all. Yeah, I mean, but for people, for people from all over the place heard about, like, knew about Spirits. It wasn't just Toronto yes. rooms. Right. Yes. But it turned into, like, a, uh, yeah, more of a, just like a clubhouse for comedians, like, after you did your shit show at the club on Wednesday night, you would go to Spirits and have a fu an enjoyable set. Yeah, yeah, but that was your perspective. I was saying is that for like people from not Toronto, right? It was like really, really. It was a cool room, and yes. and they took it very seriously. It wasn't like a yes. clubhouse for people who didn't live in Toronto. Oh, it well, was I like I can't speak for those people. <laughs> well, I know people you can't, so I can. I, <laughs> I know, but, but, yeah, like. There are countless times I'd be out west and comics would come up to me and go, like, how do you get on at Spirits? And can you put a word in for me? Because I really, really want to do it. And it's like, yeah, because it's, it's like until you do a dumpy club, you're, you're, you don't know how dumpy it is. I'm not saying Spirits was a dump, but I've, there's been comedy clubs, and I won't mention them, but, you know, I've never done them. Or after the first time I did them, I'm like, this is a bit of a dump. Why do people think it's so great? It's just another comedy club. 
And, you know, the same thing with spirits. It, it was a clubhouse. It was great. Joanna was great. But at the end of the day, it was just a, another Wednesday night. But a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves to do it. And that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like if you were from out of town and you did comedy yeah. Monday night, you'd be like, in Calgary, you'd be like, well, this is a great room, but it's just another room. Right. And, and even that, the what was it, M, M, the Ale House? What was it? One oh, Empress? Yeah. yeah. Empress is closed. It's shut, yeah. Oh, I know it's yeah, closed. Yeah, the whole bar I, shut. But I mean, what was the place down the street from the Empress? Black Dog? Yeah. Is that where I would have done a show? I think I did a show there. Yeah, there's shows there. There's shows. There's shows there. The only place that I've ever done a a show and it's been like still pretty dumpy, but it still was like holy shit! I can't believe I'm doing a show here. Is the comedy store for me? But that's just me personally. Right. Like I did a show at the Laugh Factory, and I was like, oh, this is just like the downtown Toronto. Yuck, yuck. Yeah. It's like it's kind of yes. like tourists are here, and yeah. it's kind of like half empty. And like it was kind of exciting at first, but then you get up there and you're like, oh, I'm, I don't know what I was nervous about. It's just like any other club. But the comedy store, even doing the original room with like two tourists in the room, still felt really cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. that place it really embraces its history too, and a lot of. Yeah. I mean, Yuck Yucks doesn't really. I mean, they could do a much better job at promoting some of the younger comics that and when I say younger I mean like even like Kenny even a guy like Kenny Robinson or uh or, or or Darren or Nikki or Jason Rouse you know put on some press it's like why are all the why are all the now magazine covers uh with Yuck Yucks comics on the front of them uh at the office and not at the club it's just it's just they seem to want to embrace their their early history of the 80s but that's sort of it and you know, it's like, it would be good for someone to go in and be like, oh, hey, look, there's Jason Rouse or Russell Peters. It's like, how come, I don't even know if there's a Russell. they don't care. They don't look. Mark has his way. He books that place. And Yucks has their way. They don't care about that stuff. They really don't. It so should. It's, it's, yeah. I know, but like I always say about anyone outside of the comedy world, as soon as you start trying to apply real world thinking behind comedy, you're done. It's not, a lot of times it's not run like a business. There isn't a lot of sense to it. It's just that's the way it is, and it doesn't make it right. But you know, uh, and what I said, like the way, go ahead. But like the way that the comedy store, like it's it's still kind of like well, it's even busier now. But like it's still an honor to get your name written on the wall. Like it's for something sure. that comics strive for. It still it still means something to get on that stage. But yes. now I feel like comics can get on any yuck yuck stage. Like they don't have right. to try like that hard to do it. So it's not as coveted. And then there's the whole section of comics that think that yuck yucks is an old joke and they think they're unprogressive and so they don't care about it but like yeah it's just that the comedy store is just like this weird and i know it went through its its kind of phase of not being popular or cool or anything oh yeah but but now it's like i mean like comics a lot of comics will give anything to have their name written on the side or to get regular spots there oh it went yeah. through a rebirth there's no doubt about it especially in the last five years um, well, and I think I think podcasting had a lot to do with it too, of just people doing live podcasts out out of the comedy store, and and yeah, it gave a, the sort of the whole room a, a second boom. But well, I think it also has to do with the fact that you know, edgy, whatever kind of word you want to use for comedy, there was a whole target market that couldn't play the improv or the Magic Castle or all those places because you know they were too dirty. And guys like Rogan and Ari, they kind of blazed that path there and needed a place. And people knew if that's what they wanted, that's where they could go. And right. they really helped rebuild that club for sure. Uh, for sure. I was wondering, what do you guys think? I, at the beginning of the episode, um, uh, episode 14, uh, the one that we just did with the three of us, um, Scott Thompson's at the beginning of it. And he sort of talks about uh, the difference between real bullying and cyberbullying, and I know this was an interview that we did in like 2013 or something like that. So I know that the idea of cyberbullying has gotten a lot bigger, and is more of a thing. But what do you what, do you still feel that like? Because I mean, both you and Kathleen sort of agreed with the idea that real bullying is, I guess, more devastating than cyberbullying. But do you feel still feel the same way now? Um, I don't think so. I don't think I feel that way now because uh, I think that a lot of people it, it can really really affect them and because uh, because it, it can be just people they don't even know 
right. bullying them or just like, you know, piling on top of them because of uh, they made a mistake or they said something that a lot of people don't agree with. So people just, this whole society now is just like, let's find the next person to tell them that they're a stupid fucking idiot. Like, right. it's, it's all, I feel like that's all people do online anyway. But yeah, I mean, being bullied in real life is shitty, but I feel like it's not, doesn't happen as much anymore because I feel like that's become taboo. Oh, oh, well, I mean, well, I think bullies, always, bullying has always been taboo, but I mean, I just, But I think it's even more because, like, in ki- in school, kids are like, you know, I'm not a kid in school, but, I, like, I hear that it's just not as, 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 uh, kids are more likely to stand up for other kids nowadays and, like, say bullying is wrong, but then they'll go on and they'll cyberbully somebody. So I don't know. Right. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I think, so, I, I, it'd be nice if the sort of in-person bullying has gone away a little bit, but, um, but yeah, I, I almost, think, I, I almost think, think cyberbullying can be worse in, than, than the stuff in real life, because, yeah, because, I mean, and also I don't think, I think once you get out of, like, I'm talking about, like, a 13-year-old kid uh, between 13 and yeah. 18, when you're in high school and middle school and stuff, that's so when I really... Think, I, I think that 2013, Darren, would agree that real bullying was worse. Um, but now I think that cyberbullying is probably way worse. The reason I think that is because I think that bullying normally, like normal bullying, whatever you want to call it, a lot of that's one-on-one. Yeah. And, and no one else sees it. Like there are people that bullied me. They don't even think they bullied me. And no one else thinks that they bullied me because they never saw what happened. And I internalize that and I have a career based on it. But Cyberbullying, the problem with that is it's public. Right. So, like you said, it become it can become a mob mentality very quickly, which normal bullying never ha- actually really happened for the most part. And now that we're seeing how much, you know, with social distancing and the pandemic has turned people even farther in on itself and being away from people and relying on social media, I think cyberbullying is far worse. And far more devastating because I think that people don't think there's a way out because they think social media is here to stay and thing that's out there on social media is going to be out there forever. Me getting thrown in a room with a raccoon only comes up when I talk about it. You know what I mean? Like that shit. I dictate who finds that out. Was it a live raccoon? Oh yeah. (laughs) Was it a nice one or was it a mean one? It was mean. It was bred to be mean. Aw. Was Was it bred to be mean? Yeah. They, they fucking, they love the fact that it attacked people. Oh, well, was it a pet raccoon that someone yeah, had? Yeah, yeah, it was a pet raccoon. You know this story, Dave. I told it like that. I know the story. Time. I just never, in, in, I never dove into with the details of it. Yeah. <laughs> but just because. The guy picked me up and threw me in his garage, and he threw his raccoon in after me, closed the door, and I ran around in the dark, and I couldn't do anything, and all I hear is, <laughs> and the raccoon Oh, was that's terrifying. Yeah. Well, he's, but so, look, he's, he's so terrified, Dave is laughing. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk about cyberbullying right there, Dave. Oh, well, but see, the thing is that people can dig up that old shit on you, and if you hadn't have reversed it and made it sort of, if of you hadn't, I mean, okay, I mean, if you, if you, if this, if the whole raccoon thing was a sword, and if you hadn't have picked up that sword, and now you're using right. it, uh, you know, to defend yourself, and uh, you know, and to, like you said, make a career out of sort yeah. of the harm that came to you as a youngster. If yeah. you hadn't have done that, someone could find the story, you know, five, you know, from five years ago or ten years or ten years from now, and then dig it up again and then humiliate so, you again online. So not a lot of people know this part of the story. And then we've got Sue to come in, our guest, and we'll maybe we'll talk later on more about this. But about ten or twelve years ago, I'm playing Niagara Falls and I'm middling for Kenny, and I do my show. Kenny does his part of the show. And then I'm, and then this guy walks up to me and goes, hey, man, remember me and my raccoon? <laughs> and I'm like, what? Actually, this might have been like 20 years ago, actually. I, I, gotta, I keep on dating myself. It was a long, long time ago. And I didn't remember until he said that, the whole impact of that story. And I ran to the bathroom, and I went in a stall, and I picked my feet up in the stall, and I waited for everyone to leave the comedy club. And then Kenny Robinson kicks open the bathroom door, he's like, Frosty, Frosty, you in here? And I just slowly put my feet down, and the door opens, and I'm just sitting there kind of like shivering. 
He's like, what's wrong? And so I tell him the raccoon story. And he's like, what the fuck? Let's go find that guy. Kick the fuck out of him. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 Kenny. It's fine. It's fine. That's not fine. That story's horrible. That's terrible. <laughs> but yeah, the guy fucking came to the show and... Yeah. Well, I mean, was there any, what was your exchange with the guy? Was it just... I'm just like, he's going to make me the raccoon. I'm like, yeah, sure. And I just left. Oh, okay. Gone. I, didn't, yeah. I was... You hadn't told that story on stage, though, had you? Not at that point. That's why it's oh. got to be 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I was hired to perform for a bully's birthday from one of my junior high bullies by his wife. He didn't know. Oh, oh. wow. You know, it, it was it was, it ended up fine, but when I found out who it was, I was like, "Oh my god!" This guy, like, literally, I went home crying every day because of this guy. And then afterwards, he was like, "Oh, you're so funny!" So I just did their drugs and took their money and went home. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. It's silver lining. This is Sean Cullen, and you're listening to Darren Frost and Dave Martin's Anything Goes on Canada Laughs on Sirius XM. That sounded great. Thank you. Our guests today have been keeping a terrible secret from someone they love, and they're here today to get it off their chest. Now, this is John, who's ready to make a confession to his wife, Shannon. She's waiting right outside our studio, and she can't hear. So tell us, John, what will your confession be? I had an affair with our babysitter. All right. Okay. So, how old is your babysitter? Mel? Yes. She's 20 now. How old, please, how old was, how old was she when you had the affair? 18. She's Okay. How long, how long, okay, how long have you been married? Almost 12 years now. Okay. And how old is how old is your child? I have two. Okay. And they are four and nine. Four and nine. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let's bring out now your wife, Shannon. Okay. Here's Shannon. <laughs> Shannon, why do you think there's trouble in the relationship? We're both working odd hours. Um, he's working, I work early in the morning, he works late at night. Um, he's a little resentful of the fact that my brother's been living with us for the last two years. And um, we just tend to not want to talk things through and explode and it's just, it's communication we need to work on. I think it may be more than communication according to what John's telling us. Uh, well, John, go. Uh, if if you're choosing, I'm not here to tell you to choose this format to do it. If you choose this format, that's all your business. But go ahead. Uh, a couple of years ago, I uh, I slept with our babysitter. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Stop it! Hey, stop it! Come on! Sorry, man. <laughs> okay, hey, hey, please settle down. Come on, guys. I mean, lie to you like that. I don't even know oh. what to say to you. I just wanted to be honest. I wanted to tell you. <laughs> a really great way to start. I couldn't keep it a secret any longer. Sorry, babe. Why... Why would you, why would you take till now to do it? And I have to ask you again, which is the question, frankly, which boggles my mind as we do shows like this, is why would you choose a television show to tell your wife something so intimate? A little safer, maybe. <laughs> safer? Oh, 
<laughs> did you have any inkling? Did you have any inkling about what he was doing with the babysitter? I don't even understand where this is coming from. Do you know which babysitter this is? Have you had like one regular one? Not for two years. My brother's been with us. So this was two. How many years? This was two years ago. Do you remember who the babysitter oh, was? Jesus, no. Well, she's here. Oh my God. <laughs> and her name. Her name is Cindy. Oh. Okay, and here, here is Cindy. So before we get into what we ask you to be on the show for, so you're a, you're a teacher now, right? Yes, I'm a high school teacher. I work in alternative education. Right. So I work with the kids that regular high schools don't want. Okay. And I'm not just a co-op teacher, but I also teach uh, like advanced, like university level English to them. Right. Uh, because a lot of these kids get underrated and don't get put through the proper programs in school. And then when we get them and find out that they're actually really smart, then right. I think over with them. So would you, would your school also concentrate on the trades? Yes. I put a lot of kids in trades. Right. Right. Um, I, I work with a lot of community organizations in Hamilton. One of them is the threshold school of building. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a community program where the kids get accepted in the program. They have to not be in regular school. They have to have disadvantages. They have to have, um, you know, maybe a, a learning disability or something. And it's a 12 week construction program where they get paid regular wage, right. they learn every aspect of construction and they end up usually getting jobs. And if they're my student and go in, they get probably about five credits out of it. Nice. Oh, wow. Because okay. we, in Altad, we don't have gym classes. We don't have shop classes. We don't have, like, we do we do, do cooking classes with them. But right. I don't think that's going to happen in September. <laughs> so are you going to go back in September? Like, are you physically, your yeah, school is open? Yeah, I'm going back in September. I do not want to continue as a co-op teacher in September because that's going to put me out in too many places. But um, I'd be more than happy to sit in my classroom with my 12 anxious kids and my dog and do my thing. Right. Your dog gets to be there? He does. He's a school dog. That's so cool. Why, don't, why doesn't every school have a school dog? I, too many objections. When you work in alternative education, you kind of get to slide under a lot of things. And I don't work in a school building. I work in a, a actually, I work in an office building. So I can do whatever the hell I want, really. So is it is it like um, a trained dog, or it's just you know the dog is safe? He's like, my dog. He's your and dog. He's okay. grown up going to school. He gets right. it. He he just loves being a school dog. He encourage he encourages kids. He helps anxious kids. He's he's all kinds of fun. Right. Um, now, have, you, have you thought about spending that extra $23 and just getting him a harness that says service dog on it? Well, apparently I could order one off of Amazon and not have yeah. to spend a lot of money, but I actually, yeah. he's going to go in um, November. He's enrolled in St. John's Ambulance Training. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. So nice. What kind of a dog is he? He's a Woodle. What's a Woodle? A Woodle is a Wheaton and a Poodle. Cute. Oh, okay. I that is very dog. hypo, right? That's a hypo dog for sure. Yeah, here he is at work. I don't know if you'll ever be able to see that, but uh, oh, oh, there he yes. is! Yes. Oh my god, he's really so cute. cute. <laughs> really cute. Now, did he choose that tie? I mean, that seems like a, <laughs> I don't know. I would have, especially if he's going to be taken seriously as a service. Well, dog. he also picketed with us when we were having our little problems with Doug Ford earlier in the. Earlier, oh, <laughs> earlier in the year, yeah. Yeah, he wore his red T-shirt and he picketed the line. He was a good right. boy. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you can call me old-fashioned, but I think dogs and cats should be allowed to pick their own political party. But if you feel <laughs> that you want to place that onto your own dog, I mean, that's up to you. Well, I look at him as free therapy in school, right? Doug wasn't yeah. willing to pay for that, so I brought yes. him in for free. <laughs> yes, good for you. I think that's. A, do you find that like, are, are there more people that are are looking into going into trades rather than like? You know, I mean, you get out of like you get out of college or university, and then if you just have like some philosophy degree, it's like it's great because you, you can question your own existence. But that's it. I I work with the kids that nobody wants, and I will throw those kids into trades like a, a gang kid. You give me a gang kid who loves to eat, loves to cook, and I'll say, hey, I'll find you a new gang and introduce them to a kitchen. 
right. at, a, at a local restaurant and say, try this gang for a change and, you know, give them a career. But I don't want to say shootings, cool. <laughs> they're pushing university like nobody's business. I know. I wish I have three boys. I would be very happy if all three said, I want to be a plumber, an electrician, a mechanic, because those jobs are going nowhere compared to some of these jobs that they're going to go to university for. I just, just had a whole cement job done in the front of my house. And the guy told me afterwards, if you know a kid who does carpentry, I need right. a guy making forms. Yeah. And I, I messaged a kid. Now he has a job. Right. Wow. wow. Yeah, now, yeah, do, any, do any of your students know that you're a TV celebrity or do they not know? Uh, they did for a while. And it was very awkward at parent teacher meetings when kids kept yelling at their parents. This is my teacher. She was on Springer. <laughs> and the parents would be like, what the fuck is this kid doing teaching my child? And yeah. I'd be like, no, it was a hoax. It's okay. I'm right. Don't worry. And then you yeah. just fake cried until it went to break or? Oh, I can yeah. still cry on command. I, not right now. But yeah, no, those yeah. commercial breaks during the school meetings, day. for sure. How did, yeah, what what were you thinking, like, when you were on stage, like, because like, you were so great. Like, you were so, you, everyone was devastated for you. Oh, yeah. I even made the makeup lady cry, apparently. According so, to how, so how did it all start? I mean, we talked to, to Johnny and Minnie to get their well, side. I we're got gonna brought talk in late. I got brought yes. in late. So Johnny right. and I, for a couple of years, had worked on a, a sketch comedy show that we had on, like, cable. Yes. Uh, called Steel City Lingerie. Yeah, based out of Hamilton. Right. And I guess Shannon Laverty came home and, you know, she was roommates with Ian and Johnny at the time. And they were like, oh, 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 we just pulled this shit. And we want you to, we give him your name. And she was like, fuck you guys. I'm out. Yeah. And so Johnny's like, I'll call Sue. And he called me and basically put it to me as, we kind of need you to do this thing. And I said to him on the phone, I remember saying something along the lines of, well, you keep asking me to do shit, but I never get anything out of it. And he said, how about, you know, dinner and a trip to Chicago? And I was like, fuck, that's great. Okay, I'll do it. Right. <laughs> and then I became the wife. Right. And we so had to get the producer to call me. And we, I told Johnny that I didn't want to be so low class that I was like the bitch that sanitize the bowling shoes at the bowling alley. I wanted to be something a little more upper crust. Right. What did the producer say to you? Because obviously they're not going to tell you why they were bringing you on. What did they say that they were bringing you on for? Okay, so I, I don't know if Minnie and, and Johnny told you. The guy's name was George Washington. No. The producer? The producer was George Washington. <laughs> of course he was. He got, he got fired after our, we had our business with him. But oh, yeah, no. George Washington, he was just, he was lovely. Gay is a $3 bill. His coat matched his socks. He was something else. Um, he phoned me and told me that Jerry Springer's show was like Oprah. That they were going to have a bunch of um, counselors and people there to talk to us about our relationship problems. Right. I just, just want to step in and just say this was like 1996. Yeah. So... Jerry Springer hadn't gone completely batshit crazy yet. No, not yet. Well, he also it, wasn't on prime time yet, let's be clear. He was right. on at 11 a.m. and 2 a.m. Right. So the only people watching him were students, like people without jobs, and nursing mothers, literally. Yeah. So he, so the show hadn't sort of completely jumped the shark yet as far as being like... Because yeah. sort of now it's sort of, a, it's sort of like they, they don't really sort of try to pass the show off as a real thing. And and they're all very sort of like, ah, oh, we don't know what's real. We don't know what's not real. But in, back when you did it, they still were like, these are real people, real stories. Oh, real and integrity. they tried well, to make it authentic as they could. Johnny and I knew right up that the kids that came on before us on the show were just there for a lark. Yeah. They were really, they knew why they were there. They were pretending. They were very open about pretending. We were still trying to keep it under wraps. Um, and then the couple that came on after us, they were really, they were really those people. There was right. twins that had been screwing the same woman. Yeah. He was pregnant and good Lord knows they put them in the same sweater. It was a, just a shit show. <laughs> yeah. The same sweater. Now, they, so you, they dressed them alike. Oh. So I just want a quick, quick question. At this time, I'm not sure if it was Minnie or Johnny had said that 
were you dating someone and you'd recently broken up? So that's why you got that upset? Or is that just not true? No, no, no. I, I, no, I hadn't been dating anybody seriously for a while at that point. I was at Ryerson doing my radio, my degree in radio and television arts. Well, because I remember that time and I don't remember that you were dating someone that kind of long either. So I'm like, well, that's, that, that might be true. You just didn't really talk about it. Fancy free I was. Yeah. Right. And, but you know that we practiced. We didn't know how they were going to bring us out, like in what order and how they would do it. And we practiced. And I could not cry to, to save my life Okay. when we did the practicing. And then me getting to Chicago was a shit show. And I was so frustrated by the time I got there. And we'd, I'd he- I think I'd headed my hair red. And when I wrapped it up in a towel after having a shower, Johnny was like, we got to hide the towels. They're going to know we're fake. Because <laughs> then it all leaked out into the towels. Right. And but it was it being in front of the crowd that kind of like made helped you get oh, emotional. Sure, yeah. Because they were like you can't tell how close they were to you. They right. were right in front of you. Yeah, Minnie said the same yeah. thing. And then I look at all these faces. Every time I talked, everybody was like, oh, 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 and I'm like, wow. <laughs> So you just cry. Go ahead, Joe. Oh, I was just going to say, did you, did you ever get a, a, a feeling of like how much the audience thought it was real, or oh, yeah. or, or did the or, or did you ever sort of get the feeling like they're in on the joke too, but but like they were sort of they 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 were taking the bait as well. Well, one of the things that Jerry Springer said was, I don't know why you choose this format to tell this to your wife. Um. And what they cut out of it, because it's highly edited, what what you've seen was Johnny said in response, your producer told me there would be support here and it would be safer for her. But they cut that out of the 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 thing. The final, right. And all that got out of Johnny was a little safer, maybe. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so have you have you ever seen the ma- so supposedly there's a master tape that you guys all got after the during the lawsuit. And it shows the whole edit. There's no edits at all. It's just one long master shot of the whole show. And there's supposedly a copy of that. Have you ever seen that? I have. Right. It was on a beta. It was a beta. It was a right. beta. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think the last time I saw it, I lived in Kingston, and that had to be 99. Right. So after you, so you cry on stage, of course, it's crazy. My favorite part is during the commercial break, they walk you down a hallway, you know, Johnny's kind of, maybe it's after the show and Johnny's like smacking his head, like, I'm an idiot, I'm an idiot. So the show's over. What do they do with you and Johnny? Do they split you up? Like an office. And Johnny was like ready to high five me. He was doing this. And I pointed at the phone console and I went, <laughs> right. like they could be listening to us through the phone. Right. So we just continued fighting and crying and screaming and crying for like half an hour. And then they finally let somebody in to to have somebody come and talk to us about getting us a therapist. Right. Which it, of course Mark Breslin immediately volunteered to be that therapist. Right. And for them to come <laughs> up and film us in therapy. And Mark Breslin was like, Yes, we need to do this. And I was like, <laughs> That would have been actually quite funny. Yeah. It would have been great if Mark, it would have been amazing if Mark Breslin was the therapist. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been amazing. So, did okay, you get so any notoriety? Did you get any notoriety out of it? Did you get any like uh, credits out of it? Me. Like, I'd get in a cab and the cab driver would look at me and go, Lady from Jerry Springer. And I'd be like, <laughs> I want out of the cab right now. And, I went with a friend into a bar and a whole like whole bunch of university kids were sitting at a table and they all stood up and pointed at me and started screaming and I was like, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, right. So I guess, I guess you were never really at a point where you could really embrace that sort of fame. And... Oh, it's a fun party story now for me. Right. Like, right. Oh, I remember that. Oh, that was you? But, well, but, right. Yeah. But, the, but the, it was sort of like, you know, the three of us sort of said when we interviewed Johnny and Minnie that like, Nowadays, if people do a prank like that on a on a show, that they can, people can almost jump, make a have a well that will jumpstart a career into who knows what. Oh, no, we were so ahead of our time. Yeah, <laughs> but also yeah, with, company, and, 
the, the hoaxes. We were just so ahead of our time. But you know what? Now I have a pension, so I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. You in the long run, you won. But I, I think, and we talked about this with Johnny and Minnie that. I'm so surprised that they haven't done anything with this story. You know, whether it's been a documentary yeah, behind the scenes. Um, I thought Ian was going to be on, but at one point when Ian was doing his show on CTV, he got yes. We will talk. We will talk. We will talk to Ian about that. But what I'm saying is, there hasn't been like a even just a documentary yeah. about it because it is something that was so major and it's a break like it's almost like a pre it's like nirvana in my opinion it's like before nirvana after nirvana for our generation same thing with television before that springer thing and after that spring tv was never the same and i still am surprised and i know that you guys tried to do shows afterwards and you know you're all eventually went your separate ways but when was the last time you saw anyone from the show of the four uh i saw ian a couple of years ago he came to hamilton to do some comedy just okay. like I almost saw you when you were at Yuck Yucks, but yes. I did actually see Ian a couple okay. of years ago. But I mean, I'm friends with everybody on Facebook, so I know what everybody's sure. up to, but I don't see anybody. Right. When did you leave kind of show business and make a life in the kind of real world? You know what I mean? Um, I moved to Kingston shortly after Springer, and I was in Kingston. I was running a comedy festival. I was running concerts. I was doing things for the... Uh, the Fort Henry, I was yep. running things like the putting the Tragically Hip in there and stuff like that. And then uh, uh, they cities amalgamated and they had an excess of staff. So they got rid of everybody who was on contract. And I was like, no, what the fuck do I do? Right. So I was like, oh, I got three university degrees. I'll go to teacher's college. Right. And get some braces in my 30s. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Hey. What's it like to have braces in your 30s? Like now we have Invisalign, but did you have like the real like the oh, braces? I all big fucking grills on. <laughs> I was shredding the inside of my lips. It was sucked. It sucked oh out. yeah, no, I, those were the ones that I had too. Yeah, yeah, the barbed wire ones. Yeah, yeah, you don't see you don't see headgear anymore. Remember headgears? Oh god, from yeah. The 80s, like the whole contraption. You don't remember? I was seeing my headgear. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was horrible. If someone had that. No, there's been many advances in, in orthodontistry <laughs> since then. Uh, well, we got just a couple more minutes. Is there anything that you remember or you want to even say to anyone or to any of the four? We're going to talk to Ian soon. Um, I just think the world needs to know that Johnny and I, once we got back to the hotel, they felt so bad about us that they were like, you know, go. they'd given us a per diem and they were like, go back to the hotel, have a beautiful dinner. It's on us. Right. And a restaurant had just opened. Johnny and I got shit faced on like the the most expensive like scotch you could get. Right. And we had the pastier bring us an entire boat made out of sugar that we ate. <laughs> and we got on the phone, ripped in and like just hyped out on sugar, and found the hotel that Minnie and Ian were at and got them to meet us at the Kingston Mines which was a real blues club yeah. as opposed to a nice blues club. Right. And I do believe Minnie and I sang on stage with Chick Carrera that night. <laughs> it was ugly. That'd be, wow. that'd be hilarious if there had been somebody in the studio audience that happened to be there and they're like, oh, they all made up. <laughs> well, now, did you, did you well, ever- Johnny and I also didn't want to stick around the hotel because the couple that was the, the wife and the, her husband who was the twin, we yes. were staying at our hotel. Right. We did not want to run into them. <laughs> right. Now, how, now how, how much did you feel like you had to keep up appearances once you'd left the show? Or was it a, did you just feel um, like? Well, it's funny. I was living at the time with two guys who were working in comedy. Mm -hmm. And I had told them, you have to remember, back, back in those days, you had an answering machine. Right. And so I had changed the message on our answering machine. We were lucky enough to have one that you could press one button to get me, one button to get Kirk, one button to get Troy. And I had changed the whole message to sound like you had reached me at work, which was a, a, a paralegal office. Mm -hmm. And we had to leave it like that for a month. And my roommates were just like, could you just stop already? And I'm like, <laughs> it hasn't gone on TV yet. We can't. So, so I didn't I know that. The so, worst thing for me 
is my father was the editor of the Hamilton Spectator newspaper. Right. And the night before it aired, I had to go in the, that day and explain to him what I'd done. And I thought he was going to kill me. And he just literally opened up his door and yelled for a reporter and a, a, a photographer and was like, I'm not getting fucking scooped on this. Don't oh, tell him everything. Oh, that's great. I like that. That's awesome. So that's, that's when your father first found out the night before it aired? Yeah. Yeah. And that's and, how he and, so that was... and my mother kept telling everybody that I was on um, a completely different show. Montel Williams? No, it was, uh, oh, what was it called? I'll never remember right now. Sally Jesse, Raphael. Well, sleeping in. Yeah. Now, did, did you get any sort of backlash once the show did air or did? Um, well, there wasn't social media back then. There was stuff appeared in magazines. It is a very weird thing to get on the subway and see your face on every the front cover of every newspaper in Toronto mm -hmm. or in the country for that matter. Right. Um, and everybody loved it. Nobody, I mean, the only backlash we got was we got sued. Right. But yeah, and that and that ended up going away because some poor sucker got shot by. Yes. His, yeah. Oh, the Jenny yeah. Jones story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Bye bye, Jenny Jones. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it kind of took the heat off you guys for sure in that lawsuit. Well, I mean, Jenny Jones didn't shoot anybody. There was someone on the show. No, yeah, but it, it it definitely eclipsed that lawsuit for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and then a lot of those shows had to stop pretending like they were legit. Right. And you're right, Darren. There was a big change in television at that point. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that I sometimes... know that we sent them ten dollars worth of pennies. They wanted to settle for like ten dollars. We sent them ten dollars worth of pennies, and <laughs> done. Well, yeah. I think it, I think it might have been a bit. It might have been a bit embarrassing for some of the producers there that they sort of got punked by you guys. And oh, a lot of people got fired, I imagine. I know George right. Washington got fired. And you know, his replacement was Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, if they, if they ever do a movie version of this, who do you think the actors or actresses for the four should be? Oh, my. Well, see, if you would ask me that right after we'd done it, when I was still 26... Well, you've got I would have twenty six. You now, twenty. But now I don't. I don't even know anybody's name. Um, right. Somebody with a gorgeous nose would have to pay, play Johnny. I feel like Jay Baruchel could be Johnny. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the nasally creepy voice would have to play Ian. <laughs> Maybe small like Selena Gomez could play Minnie. God. Well, I, think, I, think, I think I think Minnie and Gorgeous could play Minnie. No, I think Minnie could still play like, Minnie. Like, probably, I don't know, whoever is the current star of any awkward teen movie right now. Right. <laughs> well, I think Minnie could still probably pay, play Minnie, so. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs>Hey, this is Christopher Titus. You are listening to Anything Goes on XM Radio. And it, it actually is radio and really not anything goes. But we get close. <laughs>
Well, I wouldn't really call it an affair. Okay, tell me what tell me what happened. Well, we uh, accidentally slept together. <laughs> okay. Well, tell me about okay. Sure. All right, tell me. Easy, easy. Well, tell me about. Uh, you say accidentally. What? How did it happen? Well, it certainly wasn't, you know, anything I ever thought would happen or was well, going to happen. Okay, how did it happen? Go ahead. Well, um, I used to babysit for them. Yes. And um, one night after I had babysat, he was working the night shift, so he drove me home. And because uh, it was cold out, and we were sitting in the car, and we were talking. And then we just uh, started kissing. And... <laughs> okay. Anything you want to say to uh, uh, Shannon, his wife? Shannon? I know I, I can't take back what I've done, but I never meant to hurt you or your family. It's, that's the only reason I came here, was to, to clear it up. And let you know it's not an ongoing thing, it's just something that happened, you know, and I regret it deeply. You know, I like his children very much, you know, my mother knows her. John, what do you want to uh, say? And then Shannon. I'm really sorry, babe. I'm Jen, that's what I want to tell you now. We want this to work, won't it? Oh, yeah. Relationships. Too soon on this damn trust, John. And if I can't trust you and you can't be honest with me. I want to be honest. That's why I'm doing it. You know. <laughs> I love you, babe. Jerry, really? still phones me. The what? He still phones me. Shows up at my work at least once a month. Yes, it is true. Yes, it is true, and you know it. I made contact her a couple times. And what do you contact her about? I still. I love you. You know. Oh, I've never said that. I've never said that. You're such a liar. No. I've I don't never have said that. To do with them. And me or my boyfriend, I've been going out with a guy for a year now. I told him the story because this is before it happened. It's just something that happened when I was younger that I regret. We don't want anything to do with him. He comes into my work, he phones, he's hanging up on me. Hangs up with my boyfriend, talks to me, let's go out for coffee, I still love you. you guys I've mind? never said that. I've never said that. Yeah, right. Ian is your current boyfriend? Yes. Okay, boyfriend. here's Ian. Okay, 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 okay. What's your take on all this, Ian? I came around after all this happened, and I just want this guy out of our lives. How do you think he's still in your life? Because he calls my house all the time. If I answer the phone, he hangs up. John, why, I, I, but why, why are you, you calling me? I mean, that's called display, you idiot. Hey. And that's why we Okay, hold on. Look at him oh, in the dark. <laughs> he looks like he's in the witness protection oh. program. <laughs> Bullard jokes that uh, reference a hostage situation. Yeah. <laughs> Probably would not be the wisest thing. Yeah. All right. Can you hear us, Ian? I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. All right. Uh, so we just uh, just finished with Sue. Um, she was a little tipsy. She was having a good time. Um, <laughs> so we know the majority of the backstory, but for what I wanted to know, um, when they were on stage. Just a couple, Johnny and Sue. You and Minnie, were you together backstage or were you separated from the start? I think we were separated, but we were in the green room together and then they kind of marched us over to, and uh, you know what? They marched to this door and they took us one at a time and then it was entered another door and then the door entered the studio. So like we waited outside those two, I think, if I remember correctly. Were, now, were you able to see the whole thing? Were you able to see what was going on before you went on stage? No. 
So you never saw her cry. You didn't see her cry until you went out? Yeah. Well, I saw her crying and I knew it was going to work because she was crying. And... <laughs> I, asked Sue this, I asked Sue this question, but what did the producers say to you to get you on the show? I had to talk them into putting me on the show because I wanted to go because like, it was kind of like I started it. So like, right. I go. So we convinced them that Minnie wouldn't go unless her boyfriend could go too. So they made me part of the story. I, I, love the, I love the fact that you were just sort of like, oh, I want to, you all just you did can- it for fun <laughs> from the beginning. I think that was, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah it was, uh, it was nuts. But I mean, like, we never thought it was going to, I was just more scared about it, like, not getting caught than realizing what we were doing, really. Well, it's just, it's funny, you know, most comics worry about crossing the border getting caught. You got to worry about crossing the border, then while you're there, then after. It was like, you know, a good month-long worry. Well, I got caught with Johnny once crossing the border in the United States. And uh, we both, I had weed on me. And uh, (laughs) because I had a book that said my dates, uh, uh, my working dates in the States. So they detained us and they were questioning you're about to question us, and the Clinton's picture was in the waiting room, and I was like, turned to Johnny, I was like, don't worry, it's going to be all right. <laughs> right? And like, right? And he went into the room, and then he said he heard me laughing in the room, and then he knew, like, we were used to, like, fucking around, so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, fun, you know? I, I get, how old were you when it was all going on? Like, what's, uh, you were... I don't remember. Like, how long ago was that? Well, it's 96. <laughs> I was in my 30s for sure. Like 96? Yeah. No. Was it 96? 96. Yeah. 96. Yeah. 20, 20, 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> my early 30s. Okay. Yeah. Now, now did, did they, oh, sorry, did they threaten you? Like, did you, at any point, did you think of any sort of like, were there any legal papers that you ever had to sign saying yes. this is a real yes. genuine story? Yes, in the green room. Oh, okay. They made, they made us all sign those papers, and we all looked at each other and didn't know what to do. And I kind of like signed like smudgy. I didn't know yeah. what to do. Right. So, because I, I keep thinking that if you did get in, in any sort of trouble, like what could the charge possibly be? I mean, and that doesn't seem like different defrauding a tv show yeah well, or yeah and libel we lied and yeah. yeah but to be honest i i wanted to go all the way to the supreme court or whatever it took because i wanted right. to joke out all the way yeah yeah, sure. yeah yeah beat it to death yeah but was there ever yeah. was was there ever a time where you all talked about that and oh you don't have to name names but not everybody was on board with that like some people were not like, everyone Let's leave it alone. no that a couple people were worried about their careers and sure. getting to the United States, which was totally understandable, sure. and that's why we we settled really because right. two of us wanted to keep going, and two of us did it. Right. right. Well, I, I can I can figure out which two of you probably wanted to keep going and which two didn't. But, but that's the sort of funny <laughs> no, thing now. Maybe it's not. Really, maybe not. <laughs> but that's the thing that's sort of like now. It's like if you have done that something, as we mentioned this to Sue and to Johnny and Minnie, that people could springboard uh, a prank like this into a career. But without social media back then, like even Sue mentioned that Jerry Springer itself was only on at like 11 a.m. and at 2 a.m. And sort of like you had yeah. to watch the show at that moment to see you guys. And, the, and you couldn't share the clip anywhere. It's sort of like it's, there, there wasn't that ability anymore. So or at that point. But it, but it was so huge when it broke that I don't think we were prepared. I never thought it was going to be such a big deal. Never. Right. That big of a I mean, we were on 2020 and Dateline, like I know <laughs> a radio show there was, and we got like the first two days after the story broke in the newspaper, we stayed up because every radio station wants to speak to us. Every like all in North America, every single one wants to speak to us. I could have never predicted us. And then we did a show, but we weren't prepared. We didn't really have material. If I would have known in hindsight it was mm. such a big deal, I I would have prepped. Like us, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, if it would have happened now, uh, 
even at the level of your comedy back then, like the three of you could have went on a tour, you, Johnny, and Minnie, and just did a show. Yeah, and you could have sure. you could have went right to theaters right away because it was that big of a show and story. Yeah, I don't know if anyone mentioned it, but my one of my favorite things was the uh, the wardrobe. I don't know if anyone no how they. Were. I never saw your part on it. Like I've never seen. I've seen because I've only seen the part that's on YouTube, and you're not on that. So I don't even know what you what your reaction was or what you were wearing or anything. Oh no, um, not my wardrobe, but like so they had like. They have three segments, right? So they let us be who we were, but they changed the clothes of other people on the show. So, for example, they had these twins that were in love with the same girl. Yes. And they weren't lying. They were real. And they put them in matching sweater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like that. They just, like, manipulated it, put them in matching sweater. And there's the, the young group after us, they kind of slutted up the girls. Right. And they put there like it was kind of interesting how they manipulated everything well it's funny that they would make them in matching sweaters i mean so we feel empathy empathy for the guy to be like hey well who can well, blame them yeah they're twins yeah. Like, who can blame the guy i mean you know, <laughs> just, uh, hey you know if you're all dressed up like that who can uh, it's you know, a simple mistake it's a yeah, simple right. mistake anyone would do that We've all matching done that. sweaters. Come on, matching sweaters. Yeah. I'd fuck either one too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're twins, but one's a guy, one's a girl. I fuck both. Yeah, guys. I was gonna I say like, they're fraternal, but whatever. It's all family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all DNA. It's all DNA when it goes in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? And then so it's like, um, yeah. With so the. Do you have copies of the 2020 or the Dayline shows that came out? Or Nah, I don't even have a copy of the the Springer thing. Oh, cause, cause oh I do. I do. I can, I'll send it to you. I can send it I, to you. I know Minnie does. I know Minnie does, but I don't. Well, well, we show most of it on the episode, and we'll show yeah. it on this episode as well, and we'll rerun it on this episode. But on the episode that Johnny and Minnie were on, there's the clip of we show all of it, basically, and... You have a great shirt on it. You have a very 90s shirt. And it's like this weird silk. And I think the, it's done up to the buttons. Uh, done up to the top. And very Chinese, like, call, Chinese collar, the asshole collar. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> well, Mon, I think Montel Williams made those famous, too. I think he had a brand new shirt that was just like that. But yeah, you have a very flowing, like almost borderline pirate shirt in the sleeves. <laughs> hey, and then, yeah, then the collarless buttoned-up one. And, and then Johnny looks, I don't... We I aged just, him. We aged him. They aged him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. we did. We oh, aged him. Yeah. They did. Oh, the because Johnny does not look good. I mean, Johnny looks better now for some reason than he did then. <laughs> he was supposed, that was planned. He was supposed to look bad and yeah. suit supposed to look completely like, you know, like the poor little housewife that does yeah. little house on the prairie doesn't know what's happening going on thing. And maybe yeah, he was supposed looks- to be you the. Know, Vixen and it, they, we didn't even have to change our clothes because we knew how to dress for our parts. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, long flowing. So are you? So are you admitting that you were into Mandarin collars and billowy blouses? <laughs> <laughs> that that was a personal choice. <laughs> it was for my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you were just doing the undo the button for the unasshole look. That was all. Okay. <laughs> One of the other. That was, uh, I'm, I mean, business, but I could be, you know, getting you chip and taking you out to the sea. <laughs> so I always, uh, I talked to Johnny and we talked to Minnie and to Sue, and I always kept on kind of harping on the same thing that I'm, I'm still surprised that nothing was ever done with this. I know that you at one point tried to get something done with CTV yeah. and it never, never took from their point of view, but even like a documentary about it. Um, do you think it's possible that you might revisit and try to do something? Because I still think, especially now with Netflix doing these true crime and true TV shows, I think it's something that could easily be a four or six part, not just a doc, but a reenactment type thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, Beats telling jokes at a drive-in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done drive-in shows? Yeah, I'm about to do my second one. <laughs> oh my What's God. it like? <laughs> What's it like? You feel like you're being heckled because, like, they're honking when they la- when they're supposed to be laughing, right? But they're not. Their timing's like weird, right? Not like they'll be honking through your setup or your next joke. It's just bizarre. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I, not I, I, 
Yeah, I can't do it. More power, <laughs> more power to you. Yeah, I can't, I can't like, do it. I almost refer to it as like what it's like doing a Zoom show. It's sort of like you know, it's like why do you want to try to get better at something that you were never supposed to do in the first place? You right. know, like yeah. well, nobody ever saw comedians and thought, "I can't wait till I do a drive-in show. I want to get oh, really yeah. good at that." But I mean, I, I get it. A gig's a gig. But oh, I hope I wish they were like get out of their cars and watch. Yes, this. that'd be yes. Awesome. Yeah, like just sit in a, a, a specific space. And yeah. be outside in lawn chairs, so at least you can hear something or see their faces. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the, the problem is, I don't care so much about the laughter, <laughs> look at my career, but if you can't see their faces, it is kind of weird. That's that's the part right. for me where I can't see any acknowledgement. That'd be a tough thing to, to That and the honking. Yeah. yeah. Now, were you, ever, were you ever contacted by the Springer Show again once it was sort of, I mean, there was the lawsuit, and but I mean, no one's ever try because I mean I'm sure there must be other stories of other people going and pranking other shows but also sort of I, I mean I said to Johnny when we first did the show that I thought you guys kind of changed television in a way because you guys sort of allowed shows to sort of do that whole well it's all bullshit now don't worry about it and and they yeah, were we opened like, Pandora's box for sure we opened the box like we were trying to expose them. Like once we figured out what was going on, like really quick, we were like, let's expose them. Let's have fun with this and show them. Like, let's just answer yes to every single question they answer. They ask us, let them create this story, you know, salacious story, and then expose them at the end that they pushed us into all of this. And uh, that's what we did. And then after that, it was like, well, now anything goes. We, nobody cares that it's bullshit, right? Nobody yeah. cares. Was there was there any interaction between uh, Steve Wilkos and uh, and you guys? Uh, or, yeah, he was the bodyguard. He yeah, was, he was this. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he pep talked me. Like you're gonna really let Johnny have it when you cut when you go out there. I think. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Before is he as dreamy in real life as he is on TV? <laughs> Tell us, Ian, please. Is he a streamy? Yeah. He's no Springer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we just got about two minutes left because I know that you have to go, sure. Kathleen. But it, it, was there any, when you got home, was there any blowback? I mean, we asked each person that same question. There was no real blowback for you for doing the show, right? Other than that lawsuit? Yeah, I mean, a few comedians, just typical, like, were like, angry that we did it yeah because they didn't do it because they didn't do it well yeah and they gave us a hard yeah. time about it like but uh at one actually it you know a little inside story we only told one reporter it was a comedian that ratted us out and told jim Slotek at the toronto side uh, see you know what's crazy now is that like you might <laughs> probably now nowadays you would probably rat yourself out and say we did hey, rat ourselves out but he yeah. ratted us out to the other newspaper when we wanted to control the whole thing. He, right. Right. Told Jim Slotek. Who was it? Uh, hmm. Don't worry, nobody's watching. <laughs> he worked on Rick Mercer's report for a long time. Okay. Five okay. people. Oh. Okay. I know. I know. <laughs> and, and, That's then, awesome. and, that will, and that will be it. All right. Thanks, Ian. Appreciate it. Uh, Good to see you. Turn this, turn this into something, Ian. I'm serious. I think it's something that has to be has to be yeah. done. And I, why don't you put you put it together? Because we're lazy comics, and you'll be part of it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what to say to these people. It just I've known her for six years, and I thought she was a much better person than this. And I am really disgusted in you, Cindy. I can't <laughs> I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to even begin with John. Don't <laughs> end it. You're smart. He took advantage of her. Oh, 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 he feathered beer. Do I? He feathered beer. He fed a young girl under the drinking age beer. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, I tell you what. Let's. We'll take a break. We'll come back. There's more to talk about here. Stay with us. He 
I'm still seeing your brother. You are? Yes. Don't even talk to me, John. Don't talk to me. Don't you dare expect me to feel sorry for you right now. I don't give a shit how you feel. Don't. I don't want to discuss it right now. Now back to the show. Assuming that no one is going to think that either what you did, John, or what Cindy did was appropriate, there are those who will say, in this guilt, and there's enough to go around here, in this guilt, though, you were clearly an adult male. She was still a teenager, um, 18 years old. Mm -hmm. Certainly more of the responsibility has to lie with you. You know, at 18, you can be very impressionable. And, and you could have taken advantage of her. Emotionally, you did. I'm not suggesting rape or anything else. I'm saying emotionally, you took advantage of an 18-year-old girl. Her judgment may have been lousy, but... She, she was coming on to me. That's the thing. That's she's a started. child. In fairness, she's a child, and you can, and you can I say to a child, adult, she was eighteen years old. Okay. And you couldn't say, no, this isn't appropriate. At the time, things weren't that great in our marriage. Tell this me about at the time. Tell me about the what was going on at the marriage at that time. Just constantly fighting. I, I, we worked different shifts. Hardly saw each other. Did you ever suspect him of being unfaithful? I mean, I'm not talking with Cindy. I mean, just in general. Did that ever cross your mind during the bad times of the marriage? Did you ever say, boy, I wonder, you know, he's working a different shift. He's not home when I'm home. I wonder if something's going on. He's home late tonight. I wonder if he's out with anybody. Did that ever come up? He's a, has a couple of friends that aren't married, and I don't, well, I don't trust them because they just like to go out and have a lot of fun. But I never, I mean, they... They understand the sanctity of marriage, which... We just want him out of our life. That's all we want. What's wrong with you? He's married. You're 18 years old and you're sleeping with him? I'm 20 He's now. I don't care how the hell old you are. You're an idiot. Shannon, do you... Shannon, I don't. Ex Can you conceive of the time that you could forgive him? I'm not suggesting you forgive him right now. You just found out. But We've been working so hard to try to put our problems behind us. That's, that's why I'm wanting to get this out. Oh. Okay. Uh, let's take a break. Hi, this is K. Trevor Wilson. You're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost on XM Radio's Laugh Attack. Keep laughing. Yeah. But you right. guys can if you want. You oh, can, can chit chat. Oh, yeah. yeah, you can just chit chat together. Yeah, are you working? Talk about things away. Me, I'm going to Comedy Monday night. You're what? Oh, like, Comedy Monday night. Oh, Calgary, yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, bye-bye. It's Cheers. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. There we go. Bye. There we go. Uh, okay, have a good one, Kathleen, and we'll uh, talk in a couple days. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah.